morning, uh, Big Newton Addicts. We, once again, invite you to a meeting of Fig Newtons Anonymous. To, uh, people who have been attempting to throw the Fig Newton monkey off their back formed an organization, and uh, we are meeting tonight to discuss the various ramifications of that particular program. Uh, by the way, you know, you realize there is such an organization. I'm not kidding. Well, now, now I must say that there's a reason for this. Uh, to anyone who has gotten involved in the Fig Newton eating habit knows very well that it's almost impossible to stop this habit. It's almost impossible to beat it. And uh, this has gone directly contrary to many of the of the uh, Weight Watchers programs. So what happens if you join Weight Watching, Weight Watchers, and you also are a fake Newton addict? You have a conflict of interest right from the start. So uh, many people have had to form organizations where when they're overcome by the Fig Newton urge at 3 o'clock in the morning wake up and you look up the ceiling and you lay there and you can just see that big box of Fig Newtons in your mind that's out there in the cabinet and you just can't control yourself well prayer uh, meeting with fellow victims has helped and of course their new national telephone 24 hour a day counseling service has uh, aided this problem uh, there's a 24 hour a day number you can call now when you're overcome by the Fig Newton urge. There's an organization that's a little older than that called PBA. This is not the Police Benevolent Association. This is the Peanut Butter Anonymous. Uh, this is one of the most pernicious habits that we know today is the peanut butter habit. I, I've, I've known people who found it physically impossible to walk through Gristides and get past the peanut butter section without stomping and uh, indulging. In fact, uh, they caught a guy in a Christides that I know of just the other day, a, a terrible addict who had gotten in, and he didn't want to admit it. You know, that's the worst part of most alcoholics. They don't want to admit that they want to drink. So they will pretend as they sit at the bar, when guys come in and buy them a drink, they're not really drinking. But when he buys a drink, he knows he's making a decision, and he's buying a drink. You know this philosophy, right? So a, a peanut butter addict quite often is aware of his addiction, uh, it's a sickening one. I mean, the sight of, a, of, of an otherwise sane, logical human being with uh, rational appetites at 4 o'clock in the morning, laying, oh, God, i got to get the peanut butter. And he jumps up and runs into the kitchen and squats down and eats an entire one-pound jar of Skippy, crunch, crunchy-style peanut butter at one with his fingers. That This has been happening. This is a sloppy, awful thing. This is a uh, thing that causes self-disgust. It causes expanding waistline. It uh, causes many problems. Uh, of Some of them are even marital. Uh, you know that the, the peanut butter has been proven to be a, a definite anti-aphrodisiac. The more peanut butter you eat, the less you're interested in other things, and the more you're interested in peanut butter. So it has caused divorces. It's caused uh, all kinds of marital problems. So PBA was formed a few years ago to help the victims of the peanut butter habit. Incidentally, the crunchy style peanut butter is even more pernicious than the so-called creamy style. That once they can break him from the crunchy style and switch him to creamy, they know that they're on their way. And uh, after that, he's gradually eased over to jello. Uh, he's tempted uh, and, and, and 
counsel to eat jello on Indian Christmas. Most people cannot tolerate jello for long. So uh, this is the way the habit is broken. But the counseling, religious uh, counseling particularly, and uh, fellow victims uh, always available 24 hours a day on the phone have helped. Now, uh, there is another uh, pernicious habit, the, uh, the peanut butter habit, of course. Is, uh, but the one, of the one of the things I saw, I, I saw this happen. as a sickening scene to any of you who keep your eye out on your fellow man. You, you see a lot of things. There's many things you don't want to see, many things you do. Like the other day, I saw a peanut butter addict. Uh, he was luckily not caught. I have to see him. In a sickening display of the of the uh, of the habit itself, it's just like a a secret drinker. Have you ever seen a secret drinker? Any of you? You know what a secret drinker is. He's a drinker. He's keeping a secret primarily from himself. You know, he doesn't. He uh, he wants to pretend he doesn't really drink. Yes, I know. Oh, he's one of the worst. And uh, they they the, what they do is hide the the bottle. See the the bottle be hidden under pillows and down in the basement. And uh, he often pretends that he's using. Uh, uh, Jim Beam bourbon to remove paint from his hands, you know, this kind of thing. And of course, naturally, you have to lick your fingers when you do this. Everyone knows this. And so he'll be down in the basement for an hour and a half removing paint and come up bombed like a skunk and uh, not feel that he's bombed at all. He's just been the victim of uh, paint removing poisoning. And so it's uh, it's, very <laughs> it's very difficult to pinpoint, you know, this, this uh, problem. So uh, the other day, I'm walking around in this... Uh, supermarket down in the village and I came upon a scene of debauchery which uh, was sickening uh, if you've spotted what it was I just came around the corner there and here was a well-dressed man obviously a man who could have bought all the peanut butter he wanted in the store but to admit that you are a peanut butter addict is to buy peanut butter once you have come up to that to that uh, checkout counter, and you put this two-pound jar of Skippy Crunchy-style peanut butter in front of that clerk and said, how much? And he says, uh, X numbers, bing, bing, hits the thing, you pay the money out, you have publicly admitted and privately admitted that you want peanut butter. I came around a corner with my cart, and here was a well-dressed man who had taken off the top of a skippy, crunchy-style peanut butter jar and had scooped a double finger of scoop. And this is in the store. He had, and, and I watched him. I just came around, you know, and I, I caught him at it. Caught him, uh, let's say I caught him peanut butter handed. He was peanut butter all over his fingers. He just scooped it up into his trap, and he was uh, had an elegant guardsman mustache. He did it twice. Put the top back on and put it back on the shelf. And he went staggering around the corner in the direction of the frozen food department. And it's quite obvious that he'd been hitting the peanut butter all afternoon. In and out of various supermarkets. Sickening scene. I just want you to think about that for a minute. Contemplate it. The decadence that man is capable of. A secret nipper. There's a friend of mine, by the way, who pretends he's an intellectual. Oh, there's all kinds of things. Do you know that there's a there's a, an outfit called LTVA? You know what that is? And I'm talking about an outfit that is dedicated to saving souls, saving people. Now, as we all know, that there is a, an intellectual conceit that we've heard many times. Oh, I never watch television. You've heard that conceit many times. 
Oh, I, I just don't see television, Johnny. I, I don't. Uh, I don't have a set in my house. How many times have you heard a guest on the Dick Cavett show say this? Of course, they always maintain. Well, of course, I never miss your show. Uh, this uh, curious contradiction in terms, but I've heard this many times. <laughs> Uh, you never miss the show that you are a guest on, Mrs. Silva. You never talk to Dick and say, No, I never heard your show until my agent... I never even heard of it, actually. Uh, what did you say your name was? Uh, Richard? No, Dick. Dick uh, uh, Daggett? Uh, oh, it's Dick Cavett. I'm sorry. No, I never heard of your show until my agent called me and said, No, 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 you don't do this. This is part of the game. You know, you play it. And so there is an intellectual conceit. Uh, to the effect that one does not watch television, since television is obviously the the medium of the slobs, the masses. Uh, this is a common conceit. Yet, the facts of the matter are that many an intellectual is hopelessly sunk in television addiction. Now, how do you reconcile those two? I have known, in my time, several cases of secret television viewing, where the the intellectual in question after having attended a poetry reading at the YMHA with this tall thin girl named Marcia has uh, returned with his wife Marcia to his home and uh, they have discussed Dylan Thomas over a glass of white wine uh, references are made quite often to W.H. Auden in discussions of this type uh, a few fitful attempts to complete last week's New York crossword puzzle usually rounds out the evening of excitement, at which point they then retire to their boudoir. Now, uh, intellectuals retire to their boudoir. Now, they don't just hit the sack. Uh, they retire. And when they retire, and let us assume that they, they are going to involve themselves in, let's put it this way, bluntly. No, let's not put it bluntly. Let's put it this way. They are going to indulge in, uh, well, let us say, intersexual relationships. Uh, they never do this uh, with the abandon of the slob. This is often done with the aid of various textbooks. Quite often slides uh, accompany the act. Uh, Dr. Rubin is often uh, evoked during these sessions. And uh, so everything is done with a, with a certain uh, planning, a certain uh, learning of techniques, and, uh, various, other, uh, various other ramifications. I have known of people who have, after... The wife, Marcia, has fallen asleep, has crept from the sack. And I have to call it the sack on this occasion. He has crept from the sack, crept down the hall, into the living room, and turned on the television set, and sat with an orgy of watching the last maybe 15 or 20 minutes of Johnny Carson, watching Toadie Fields play the slob, he sat there and, and with earphones, incidentally. I know one that does it with a, with, a, with a $75 pair of stereo earphones, which he plugs into this TV set so that nobody will know what he's doing. And quite often, we'll sit in front of the TV set and trance till 3 or 4 or 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. One occasion, an embarrassing occasion, he fell asleep uh, right in the middle of the prayer, the morning prayer, was found by his wife with the cans on his head, he maintained, however, that he had been listening to an eight-track stereo recording of Shostakovich's third and uh, had fallen asleep. Luckily, he was able to get the earphones unplugged before she discovered that it was plugged into the side of their 19-inch Sony. However, that's uh, this 
<laughs> this this sort of thing is, is is a terrible terrible problem with many people. And so LTVA has been formed to help people like that. It's a late television anonymous. And uh, whenever a man is or a woman, although it's most often men, unfortunately, whenever a man is overcome with a desire to watch uh, Chester Morris on a on a late late movie. It seems to be a, have been filmed underwater. Uh, he merely struggles to the phone before he gives into this, dials a number, and another addict is waiting to speak to him and uh, counsels him. Now, all these things are important uh, to our time. It helps a man get through his daily word, uh, daily struggle. You know that you can dial in many areas now. You can in many of the cities of, of our country. You can dial a poem. Uh, by calling the phone, if you if you have an intense desire for an aesthetic feeling, three four o'clock in the morning you dial and you get a transcribed poem. Uh, maybe maybe uh, I think one of the greatest uh, services that's available to us today now is the transcribed boss. I guess many of you, which reminds me, this is W O R. Uh, speaking of bosses, uh, Joe, would you please hit the big Duvernay button there, please? Fine, thank you. <laughs> Tonight, instead of the usual before dinner, how about a Duvernay before dinner? Are you using too much sugar in your iced tea, in your iced coffee? Well, then get Sweet and Low, the perfect sugar substitute. Sweet and Low is featured at all fine food and drug stores. Oh, you never heard of Dial-A-Boss? You can subscribe to the Dial a Boss service. And uh, I don't, you know, have you ever been out of work, Joe? Have you, Jerry, really out of work? Yeah, you ever, I guess everybody's been out of work. I mean, and, and, and you know, in a, in, particularly in a city like New York, to be out of work is a desperate feeling. Really a desperate feeling. I mean, it, I, 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 at uh, one time, uh, in my checkered career, I was out of work for a period, and I remember walking around town, and, uh, you know, I was out of work for three or four months, six months, and walking around town and envying people who had a place to go. They looked like they had a, they had a position, you know, they had, they had, they had, a, they had a place that was, that was needing them, just needing them. I remember going into Needix once. At uh, 47th and Lexington, one of these places up there, you know, I walked in there, and at, uh, at that time I was reduced to, uh, you know, uh, a donut and uh, coffee. That's it, you know. <laughs> that was that was like for the day, see. And looking at that guy behind the counter on the hot plate, making those hot dogs, making those hamburgers, I'm thinking to myself, boy, look at that son of a gun. He's made it. That guy's really made it. Why the hell does he make it? I don't make it. Have you had that feeling? Yes. One of the most uh, debilitating, mean feelings is to be out of a job. And what do people miss when they're out of a job? Not necessarily money. They get unemployment insurance. They, they live, you know. What do they miss? Well, they miss many things. A place to go, one thing. Where they need it. But they also miss the boss. A boss. Having a job implies having a boss, doesn't it? 
bosses are not out of work. Bosses make other people be out of work. That's the definition of a boss. Occasionally, uh, an executive will get booted out on his thing. But I'm talking about a boss. You know, Mr. Bullard of the C.G. Bullard Corporation, he ain't going to get booted out. He's a boss. You agree? C.G. Bullard. Sitting there at his desk, issuing memos. Some of which go to you. Which give you duties. Give you a sense of place. And so for executives in this town, it's only available to junior and middle junior rank ex-executives, guys that have been kicked out. There has been instituted the Dial-A-Boss service, which I think is a great idea. And you're allowed two phone calls a day. One going and one coming. The Dial-A-Boss service will call you. And on the other end of the line, when you penalized, let us assume your name is Smithers, Clifford Smithers, the third. Cliff Smithers, better known as Cliffy, to the gang down at the agency. And uh, for reasons which we will not go into now, you have been eased away from the trough. They have pressed the button, you've gone down the chute, and now Cliffy is now part of that vast horde of the unemployed. Is he going to accept this lightly? Is he going to say, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just out of work, just like all them other guys, them bricklayers, not, no way. Because Cliffy Price is a graduate of two elegant prep schools. He's the product of four years at Yale. His family goes back seven generations. The Smithers, after all, he's the third. Cliff Smithers. There were seven Parker Smithers before that. That's just the beginning. They're not going to accept his unemployed status. Just one of them guys who goes down to get the check, right? So he subscribes to the dial-a-boss system. In fact, many companies today automatically provide upon severance, along with the severance pay and a couple of days vacation and the right to take your briefcase home, uh, they automatically provide the dial-a-boss service for up to 60 days for ex-executives who are going through the unemployment bends. How does it work? Well, at exactly five minutes past nine every morning, your phone rings. And Cliffy is lying in, in the sack there. Now, he's been used to getting into that office every morning at exactly nine, right? Well, here he is. It's now five minutes past nine. And what has been happening to him for the last seven years down at LDC&Q, the old agency? Well, exactly at five minutes past nine, he would always get this same phone call. And now it is provided by the Dial-A-Boss service. Uh, uh, he picks up the phone, says, yeah. At which point, a voice says, Smithers! 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 This is Bullard! Bullard. Bullard. Damn it, Smithers! Get in here quick! I'm tired of listening to this stuff! What's this memo here that you read me that you couldn't find that stuff in the portfolio? Now look! Smithers! You get on the stick or you're going to be slid out of here, you hear that? And by the way, how about lunch today, huh? Oh, okay. We'll see you in about five minutes, all right. It's not true, of course. He knows this. But it's comforting. 
comforting. Here's a familiar voice of anger. A familiar voice of, of, of recrimination. The boss has barked at him and has chewed his tail. It's a familiar and a very, very necessary part of life. If your tail isn't chewed from time to time, one feels directionless. A good boss will alternate between, uh, between praising his employees and biting their backbone. That's a really good boss. I mean, the boss who really makes it is the guy who knows how to chew you-know-what. Roar it out of the office without any warning and say, Who the hell did this? Well, at that point, everybody feels warm inside of himself. I didn't. They can't get me this time. Or, conversely, Oh, my God, I knew he'd get me. Uh, the avenging hammer of God is always necessary in man's life. I mean, what would God be if he didn't punish? If he just sat around and said, Oh, come on, you guys, go ahead and have that party. Oh, what the hell, go on, orgy. That's not what I'm about. Oh, come on, drink, oh, bomb yourself. You only live once. So a real God has to throw an occasional thunderbolt. And uh, all men uh, have a deep, innate sense of searching for some kind of God. And uh, God must hurl thunderbolts. So the dial-a-boss system is a great system for guys out of work. Because the one thing he lacks is a God who hurls a thunderbolt. Right? Now, what is the other thing that a man needs? Well, he needs the assurance of approval. This is very important. Now, when you're out of work, who's going to approve you? Nobody. You can on to the unemployment, they give you a check. The guy at the unemployment says, you know, Cliff, you're doing a hell of a good job coming down here every Wednesday, getting his check. You know, I like the way you walk in here. You walk in here with a spring, you know, and you, you, you don't take this check like the other guys. You take it with style. My God, we need more guys around here like you, Cliff. You don't get that at the unemployment. He just says, I want you to say your number was, uh, 422677. Uh, did you look for work in the past week? No? Uh, yes? Uh, all right, okay. Let's see, you're 422677, uh, Smithers uh, CL2, right? Okay, uh, here, take this to the cashier. That's all you get. That's not approval, or nor disapproval. It's uh, paperwork. And so the dial of boss system steps in at that point. And this is at the option of the of the caller. Smithers now, late in the afternoon, begins to feel that restive feeling that nobody loves him. He's been out of work now for four days. And nobody does love him. We know that. But in an office, you do get the sense that they do love you. How many times have they said to you in your in your work, look, let's let's face it, we're not like those other guys. Bullard has sat at the desk and said, Now, let's, let's face it, men. The CL Widget Company is just a family. We're, we're just a family of friends. It's a family company. You've heard that many times. Oh, oh, oh. At which point you feel I'm part of the family. <laughs> I don't work for these guys. We're just a group of good guys that get together every day. And it's a family, you know. And so, so at that point... When you get the urge for approval, you call, he dials a number, and the following ensues. He picks up the phone, he dials a number the following way. 
He's nervous. He's tense. He needs to be loved at this point. It is now quarter past four, which is a very dangerous point in every junior executive's life. That's a dangerous point of the day. It's just before he goes home and just after he's come back from lunch. At this point, nervousness sets in because many a man is fired between four and five. Correct? That is correct. That is what we call, that's right, this right here. In fact, in many an office, right here at the station, a little red light goes on on a specially wired clock. What we call, you've heard of the witching hour? Well, there is a phrase that is used here. It's, uh, let's put it this way, just remove one letter from the word witching and replace it with another, which is the second in the alphabet. That is the hour that occurs. That is the hour when guys go down to shoot. And so, at that point, at exactly 4.05, a red light goes on, and every executive goes undercover. There's this tense silence in many of the offices, a nervous tense silence, to wait. And then, of course, when it hits 5 o'clock, there's a feeling of relief. It's too late now to do it. And out he goes, happily down towards the Commodore Men's Bar to lap up a few martinis, maybe a couple of Manhattans, on his way to Darien, right? And another day has been, has been negotiated safely. Well, now, at this point, many an executive will create in his own mind the need for a phone call to someone in command to just sound out the waters. Just sound it out. So, here is Cliffy Smithers, the third. He is feeling this nervousness. He dials. He's dialing this special number. At the end, he hears the phone ring. Up, uh, up. Uh. There is a click as he picks it up. A hand picks it up. And a voice says, Ah, bullet here. Hi, uh, CG, this is, uh, this is Cliffy. Uh, listen, uh, CG. Yes? Uh, CG, I, I want to ask you, uh, did you did you see the uh, the blue folder that I sent up, the uh, one with uh, Operation Gemstone? Did you see that one? Uh, I just want to know whether or not uh, there were any uh, on the uh, you know off the top of the head the reactions to that in the committee today. Uh, you know, we put a lot of work in it down here in the shop, and I just like to know uh, just what the you know just sound the water. Uh, what's the initial reaction to that, uh, uh, Mr. Bullard? I just like just curious. I've been meaning to call you, Cliff. By God, that's a good job. And not only that, Cliff, how about golf next Saturday? Make it three at the country club. And to bring along Emily. By <laughs> God, it's good to have a young man like you around the office at this time. You just don't find him like that anymore. We'll see you at the country club at three o'clock on Saturday. Right, boy? Uh, yeah, CG, I'll see you then. Hi, <laughs> George. Yeah, Emily's going to be pleased. Uh, okay, CG, I'll see you. Got to run and catch a train. Okay, Cleaver boy, we'll see you. God, it's a good feeling. And that's part of the new Dial-A-Boss system, which I kind of like. Did you, did you like the way that was done, Joe? Dial-A-Boss. Now, for bosses that have been fired, you can also get the Dial-A-Flunky. Because uh, one of the things that bosses really uh, miss when they have been booted out is somebody to kick around. I mean, I'm telling you, many a boss's entire life is built around harassment of others. 
You realize that. <laughs> and some of them take a positive delight in it. Others uh, find that it's a certain aesthetic thrill. Uh, when they reduce a man to the bare bones and they see nothing but his quivering liver laying there on the, on the carpet dripping into that, uh, that, beautiful, uh, that beautiful carpet on the executive floor. And so he is, the, the dial of flunky is a companion, a companion service. Now, how does that work? Well, the dial flunky works the same way, yeah, only in reverse. At the ten minutes past nine, the phone call rotation is re. At ten minutes past nine, uh, the the uh, boss leaps out of his sack, grabs his phone, and does the following. He dials, and the following is said: Smithers, Smithers, this is Bullard here. Damn it, Smithers! How long is this going to go on? Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. I, uh, I don't know what quite to say. God, that's it, Smithers. You get down here or it's all over. Bam. Great feeling of security. Great feeling of not only security, but uh, the sense of power grows. Uh, now, late in the afternoon, he receives a phone call. The phone buzzes. He picks it up, and the following exchange is consummated. Smithers here? Oh, yeah, yeah, Cliff. Uh, yeah, I, I read that, yes. Not bad, yeah. Oh, uh, listen, uh, Cliff, uh, I'll tell you this. No, uh, no, 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 no. That's all been smoothed over. You know, you're not a bad kid. <laughs> yeah, I look at you as sort of my protege, yes. Uh, kind of like my boy, yeah. <laughs> uh... Yes, well, thank you very much. Let's, uh, Cliff. Uh, Cliff, how about a game of golf? You play golf? Fine, see you at the club. 3.30, okay. Bring Emily. Yeah, bring her along. What the hell? We might as well go all out. Good boy, Cliffy. See, part of the boss mystique is to give, how can I say it, uh, uh, to be in the position of bestowing Godlike favors on the less favored, and so this is all part of this system. And I and I like to see these advancing services in our time. Dial a flunky is a particularly good one. Uh, now, many of you out there probably have felt a little disappointed, what with all the Watergate things going on, that you you live lives of such insignificance that you've never been mentioned in anything. At no point does anyone say, "Well, I cleared it with Joe." Or I believe Joe was in on that meeting. Do you know that there is a, a, a service today now that's available here in New York? You can subscribe to a meeting service. You can attend various meetings that are held in hotel rooms. And uh, you can take notes. And uh, minutes are read. And this is all, of course, until you get an actual job. Keeps you in the frame of mind. <laughs> Joe, you're looking at me confused. Do you know that these things exist? You didn't. Joe, I wish I was as innocent as you, Joe. You have heard of AA, haven't you? That doesn't mean anti-aircraft. Not in the way I'm using it. <laughs> well, did you know that AA is called anti-aircraft? Ack-ack? That's <laughs> uh, a joke. You don't know anything. But, uh, no, you just float around and eat ice cream down in the gidunk. I know. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of that, you know that that that, that you know you're you're a Navy guy. You you were in the Navy. Well, you know, I spent one brief curious period in my life on duty with the Navy, which uh, is another story. But I did, and it was on a carrier, by the way, and also on a cruiser at one point. Yeah, the Springfield, and uh, particularly the carrier, which was the Essex and uh, CVA nine. And in the med, and I remember one of the great one of the great things that was on, on a carrier, which uh, you, you rarely ever see in in movies about carriers or about the, the navy, is uh, what could be called the life of uh, recreation. You know, they always show guys laying in their bunks, or they show guys running like mad with the general quarters when GQ is being sounded. That's what you always see in movies. And then you see the uh, kamikazes coming in, and you see John Wayne on a bridge. But uh, what you don't see are all the guys lining up down there for the ice cream when they when they, they call it gedunk or various other terms. Yeah, that was what they called it on uh, on uh, on CVA. Now there, you know, they call it a lot of things, but it's a canteen thing, and they they sell ice cream, and it's really cheap, unbelievably cheap, like uh, five cents for a giant uh, a giant dish of ice cream, right? Uh, you know, nine cents or some crazy price, but it's it's not like you pay down a Barasini's, I can tell you that. Uh, like everything else, you know, cigarettes are like a dime a package and that kind of stuff. So uh, one of the scenes, one of the scenes that that I remember in this uh, this life aboard the carrier is, is guys would wait. See that the, the canteen is only open during certain hours, and everyone would know what the hours are. See, so like uh, it's like say a fourteen to fifteen hundred hours, something like that, and it would be posted in the morning. In the morning, you know, this is another thing you never see in Navy movies, that every morning, in fact, I did this. Uh, up on, on the bridge, there is a, is a microphone that connects to the PA system. You've heard the, uh, you've heard the PA system. You're a little echo chamber when uh, you'll hear the captain. Now hear this. This is the this captain, is the captain speaking. 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 In, in uh, 17, 17 minutes, minutes, we will we engage, engage the enemy. The enemy. The enemy. Good luck, Good luck man. Man, 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 man. You've heard that in numerous Alan Ladd movies. Well, that that is a microphone that is is up on one of the up on up near the bridge. It's not specifically that. Well, in some cases, it is on the bridge, and it's a microphone that can be there's several mics that can be can be actually utilized in this. But uh, you have to be authorized to use it. Not just any guy walking by uh, can grab the mic and follow and you know holler into it. Hey, you guys, this is Aki. How the hell are you doing, huh? <laughs> no way. No way. He would be in deep trouble. You agree, Joe? So, every morning at, <laughs> at 0800 on, on the CVA 9, which was a big carrier, of course, uh, you, it is, uh, it's a beautiful ship. Now, since I believe uh, converted, no, it's Mothball, wasn't it? It was converted to a uh, to, uh, CVS. Uh, which was an anti-sub uh, carrier, carrying mostly helicopters. But it's a beautiful carrier, World War II-type carrier that had gone off. And this was during, this was much after World War II. In fact, this was during the uh, days in the Mediterranean in the late 50s and that. There was beautiful t- weather out there. But every morning at 0800, 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, on would come a voice. And the voice would say... Uh, the following, uh, and in this case, it was my voice. I did this a couple of days. I don't know whether there's any guys listening out there that were aboard the ship at the time and heard it. Yeah, I would come on and say, 
Good morning, Good morning. to men Good of the Essex, Essex uh, CBA, uh, CBA 9. 9. Here, Here is, is the morning, the morning news, 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 as reported as by, the by the ship's information, information officer, 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 the wires, wires of the Associated the Press, press, and, the United press, press and the United Press. press, 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 press. The news this morning will be followed by ship's announcements and bulletins. And there will be several announcements about special duty rosters which will be contained in the bulletins immediately following the news. And now here is the news. And you look down from the bridge, see, and you can see guys all over the ship. You know, the fantastic thing. It's a thousand feet long. And, uh, yeah, it's about a thousand feet and an enormous deck. You know, we're plowing through the med at, at, uh, 40 knots and, and, uh, yeah, it's, and uh, the sun is coming down and, and the, the, a couple of work parties are down below you. You know, they're working away, chipping at something and there's another bunch over here. They're, they've got three or four tractors and they're pushing something into position and you can see all these work parties, see? And, uh, you're reading the news. They, they all start their work about eight o'clock in the morning and the guys will look up, you know, they look up at you once in a while and, and occasionally you'd see some guy wave and he'd holler or something like that, see? So now here's the way the news goes. You can see these faces down there looking up once in a while and, uh, and, and the, the PA is heard all over the ship. Remember that. They can hear that down on the engine room. They hear it everywhere. This is a great PA system that connects the entire ship. And uh, then I would continue. And now here is the news. The president reported today in Washington that the cost of living in the period just just finished the first of the month declined by 0.03%. Uh, Secretary Murphy of the International Association of Longshoremen reported today that longshoremen are looking for a new contract, and unless a contract is forthcoming by the 30th of August, there will be a strike. A plane crash in Oklahoma City yesterday afternoon claiming the lives of 14 passengers. However, no details are as yet available on the crash of this aircraft. And now, here are last night's sports results in the National League. First, St. Louis 5, the Chicago Cubs 2. That part of the news was read very slowly. Because at that point, there'd be muffled cheers for various parts of the ship. Guys hitting each other. <laughs> you'd see them down there, see? <laughs> and you'd read that very differently. See, and you'd read the whole ball scores, and you could tell, you know, uh, 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 different factions would break out. And then you would conclude it by saying the following. Doesn't this sound like home, Joe? Isn't this exactly the way it is? You would conclude the following by saying, and that and is that the is 0800 the news. news. Including the sports and baseball reports compiled by the information officer and the Associated Press. And now here are ship's bulletins. Lieutenant L.W. Murphy says there will be a meeting of the deck firefighting crew of the second section at 01350. This meeting will occur on sea deck next to... The hose lockers. That will be 1350 for the second section firefighting group and organization. The captain has reported that once again there have been reports 
that cigarette butts have been found in the corridor leading to the cruise mess on deck C. Anyone who knows anything about this or is responsible for cleaning up the corridor of deck C, please report to the CPO in charge. That's a fantastic life. It sounds just like real, doesn't it, Joe? And then, of course, there was always this announcement. Just give me a little echo chamber. Trash will be lowered over the fantail at 17.30. And so you see, the great mysteries go on. Dial a boss, dial a flunky. Empty butts over the fantail. The second section will report at 17.50 for softball practice. <laughs> How about that, Joe? You've heard that, haven't you? <laughs> Swimming? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Uh, and, and I remember one great announcement, and it said, this one said, the second section has been leaving fishing rods on the fantail, and this must stop immediately. Fishing rods have been found with baited hooks, which could be dangerous, on the fantail after fishing sessions at 0100 and 030. This will stop immediately by order of a medical officer. Guys left their fishing rods out on the fantail. You ever see guys fish from a cruiser? Yeah, it's a great scene. At 2 o'clock in the morning, they're all laying there. The heat coming down. Oh, it's a good life, man.